Well, amen. Tonight, you all got the privilege to be able to listen tonight with my big boy voice. And so my little girly voice is gone. So, Brother Doug, I feel like more of a man. Uh, so I'm a little bit nasally tonight. I've been trying to call Dr. Clark all day. I, I've been looking at his name. I was like, no, I got to do this for Brother Hoots. And, uh, of course, Brother Clark ain't here. But I've been looking at his name on my phone all day. But I am very thankful to be able to fill the pulpit on tonight. And uh, if you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to the Luke chapter number 4. Luke chapter number 4. And as you're turning there, when I was in high school, I was growing and changing. And I remember uh, me and a couple boys, we were... Uh, changing our voices were, and we went through Hardee's. And I don't know how many of you all know what Hardee's is, but we have a lot of them. And we was going through the drive-thru, and I, I was trying to act like a big guy. And I ordered, and I said, yes, ma'am, I'd like to order me a sausage and egg biscuit. And, and I'll tell you what, still yet today, I'm so embarrassed of that. I was so embarrassed to go to the uh, the uh, window, and that lady was ready for me to see who in the world that was that spoke through that, uh, that window, but amen. That, y'all heard about that old uh, Kentucky uh, man, did you? That old hillbilly? Him and his family, man, they uh, got to go to the city for the first time. He brought his uh, family, his wife and his son, and they got a room at a hotel, never been in the city before. He came in barefooted, overalls, never had seen anything, uh, much less the hollers of Kentucky and the mountains. And he walked into that hotel and they they got their room and he was amazed. And him and his son, they was going to a thing that was called an elevator. And he didn't know, he'd never seen an elevator before. And he looked at it for a minute. He wasn't going to get on the elevator. He was always used to the stairs and he stared at the elevator and he watched a, a older lady uh, go through there and she went into that elevator and uh, it went ding, went up and then the elevator went down and all of a sudden the doors slide open and a beautiful blonde steps out. And he looks over to his uh, little boy and he said, go get your mall. So, amen. It's good to be in church tonight. Amen. Tonight, we're going to talk about Jesus' temptation there in the wilderness. And I hope and pray that you can stay with me tonight. And uh, I'm going to hold on to this pulpit just a little bit. But I want to ask you a question. You're already in Luke chapter number 4. I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, Would temptation make Jesus stronger? Or was he strong before his temptation? There's a little story about this of, uh, that is told of engineers who built a railroad uh, bridge between two mountains. I want you to listen to this. Those in the village below watched during the construction. And to them, the uh, bridge looked weak and not able to support the heavy trains that it would carry. Rumors circulated in the village that the uh, bridge might collapse 
under the weight of the trains and destroy their little village that they had. And when the construction was finished, the engineers knew the bridge was strong enough to support the weight of the rail cars and planned a day to test it. Several large uh, rail cars chugged across the bridge, stopped, backed up, and pulled forward, repeating this many, many times. And when the villagers saw the bridge withstand the test, you know what they did? They cheered. But the bridge did not become strong because it stood the test. It stood the test because it was strong. So Jesus withstood temptation because He is strong, for He is God. We serve a living God, a strong God, a mighty God that answers prayer, is able to do anything. And this temptation that we're ready to read about in Luke chapter number 4, Jesus was already strong enough for this temptation. Just a side note. Before Jesus began his ministry, he came under the proper authority of which he established the local church. He was anointed and empowered by the proper authority, and that was God's Holy Spirit. And he was tried and tested and approved by proper authority, and that was God the Father during this temptation. Before uh, tonight, before anyone, any of us, is used of God, he or she must go through the fiery trials of temptation. Tonight, I'm going to tell you temptation is going to come. And most of the time, it comes every day. And most of the time, every hour. Sometimes, every minute. Every second. There's always uh, something that's uh, the devil is brewing up, trying to tempt us. And I want you to think with me tonight. First Peter chapter number one. I want you to turn there real quickly and we'll get back to the book of Luke. But in first Peter chapter number one, verses number seven, it says that the trial of what? Your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth it, though it be tried with fire might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Notice that. That the trial of your faith. Notice that. I'm here to say tonight, in Luke, we find in the book of Matthew, and we're going to look in the book of Mark, and I've only got one point, one point only, and so that's a blessing uh, for you tonight. But Jesus, we find in Luke chapter number 4, verses number 1, the Bible says, and Jesus being full of, of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan. And notice this, and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being forty days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did not uh, did nothing, did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward, what's the word? Hungered. Jesus Christ hungered too. And the devil said unto him, if thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it may be made bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, if, 
It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Now tonight, we ain't going to go through all this. We're just going to go through uh, one point, one point. And uh, it's just too much of a lesson, but I hope and pray that I can uh, give you some application about this one point, this one temptation on tonight, just food for thought. Maybe it will help you uh, uh, maybe this week. But we find Jesus here is driven into the wilderness to be tempted. And Jesus, he is uh, led by no one else but the Holy Spirit of God to be tempted of Satan. And we learned that this was not planning on the part of Satan as it was the planning of God to allow Satan to face his son at a point uh, of Jesus' greatest human weakness. It is very probable tonight that if Satan would have had a choice in the matter, which he did not, he probably would have put the, a confrontation off for another time. For he knew that he was already a defeated foe. Just the notes. To live in human flesh meant that Jesus would be subject to temptation as we are. Do we believe that? Sure do. Because we find that in the book of Hebrews chapter number 4 and verse 15. It says, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched uh, with the infirm- uh, feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet, the Bible says, without sin. You know, we have to remember tonight as we look at this, we got to remember that God, He became flesh. Emmanuel, God with us. And after his baptism, Jesus being full of or controlled uh, by the Holy Ghost, uh, returned from Jordan in Luke chapter 4, verse number 1, and immediately the Spirit driveth him into the wilderness to be tempted of Satan. And I want you to hold your place. I want you to go to Mark chapter number 1. A very odd verse. I love... When we read the whole word of God, and there's so many little aspects, details, that each one gives. And in Mark chapter number 1, verses number uh, 13, it gives a small detail that I'm going to hit on a little bit tonight. It says this. It says in verse number 13, Verse number 12, immediately the Spirit driveth him into the wilderness, just like the book of Matthew, just like the book of Luke says. But notice verse 13. It says, And he was there in the wilderness forty days, tempted of Satan, which we know all that. What's that next phrase? And was with the wild beast. That that just uh that caught my eye. Because there's a lot of times I read the Word of God and I find something and a little nuggets there that, man, I didn't see before and I never did see in Mark chapter number 1. I didn't pay much close to this, but he was tempted of Satan and it goes uh, on to say, and was with the wild beast and the angels ministered unto him. You know, we see that Jesus, what was he experiencing Number one, he was experiencing human loneliness. How many of y'all have ever been lonely? Man, I have. There's been times where 
uh, I've been beat up by Satan, and I know he's after me. And it seems like during those times of fiery trials, those arrows of fire, it seems like, man, I feel so alone. Even though my wife is there, even though my children are there, and even though, praise God, the church was there praying for us and praying for me, Sometimes, man, when the devil attacks, it seems like we experience loneliness. Jesus, I'm going to say this tonight, did he feel the uh, cruel cross of Calvary? He was all God, but he felt every piece of pain that went on his body. When they beat him, when they smote him on the face and they put the crown of thorns on his head, he felt every little bit of it. When they laid the cross there on his back and his, he was climbing up uh, Golgotha's hill uh, to Calvary where he would be uh, hung there. And as he was uh, going up the hill, man, he fell with the cross and they asked somebody else to help uh, bear the cross with him. We see him in the Garden of Gethsemane and wow. The Garden of Gethsemane was where he poured his heart out to the Father. Not my will, but thine be done. We know that Jesus was a virgin born. We know that God was his Father. We know that he lived in a, with his earthly father, Joseph. We know he was a carpenter, and we know at the sacrifice time that they offered up two turtle doves instead of a sheep. You see, though only the rich got to offer up a lamb, and some households would share if they didn't if they had uh, too much, they would share with another household. But we see that Jesus, he came to this world from heaven's portals. He came to this world and he lived in poverty. He was king of kings, lord of lords, but there was no place to lay his head. Jesus, he felt cold nights. He felt every pain. So he experienced loneliness. What about the fear for personal safety? As the Spirit led him out into the wilderness, what was out there? Nothing. Not one single thing. It was loneliness. Uh, man, there was uh, personal safety at matter. And what was that all about? The, where, if you was out in the wilderness, that's where the bandits were. That's where all the bad guys were. And they would hide out there and they would hijack any uh, caravans that would come. Jesus experienced all that as well. Fear of the known. And I believe this fear of the unknown, we could put the wild beast in this category. I don't know about you, but I'm not going to spend the night out in the woods, especially if I know there's lions, tigers, and bears. I don't care how big of a gun you've got. I better have my wife in there with a big gun. And honey, you better wake up. <laughs> I hate something coming after me. You all know my dog stories. I hate getting bit by a dog, Brother Jason. I'm going to tell you something. I think about Jesus as he spent the night out in that wilderness being lonely. See the personal safety, the unknown, the wild beast, the bandits, maybe murderers hiding out. 
The exposure to the cold. Did Jesus ever get cold? He was all God. but No, he got cold like we did. You see, sometimes when we read about uh, the days of Christ, we think, well, Jesus didn't go, had to go through nothing. Yeah, he did. He felt everything that you and I feel and greater. He felt every pain, every heartache. Here in Lays tonight, the deep significance of this temptation. The second man, acting under the guidance of the Spirit, passes into the wilderness and by his coming challenged evil and acting simply under the guidance of that Spirit, overcame. The significance of this temptation may be seen by placing the whole of the facts in contrast with the account of the temptation of Adam. Think about this. The devil challenged the first man, that was Adam. The second man, which Scripture says is Christ, the, the devil challenged the first man, the second man challenged the devil. The devil, number two, ruined the first Adam, but the last Adam, Christ, spoiled the devil. Amen. And the first Adam involved the race in his, uh, in his defeat, and the last Adam included the race in his victory. The first Adam stood as the head of the race and falling, dragged the race down with him. The last Adam stood as the head of the new race and being victorious, lifted up the race with him. I'm thankful for the power of Jesus Christ, our God. Just a bit brief background tonight. We see uh, Satan. And Satan tonight, he's called many things throughout Scripture. He's the tempter. He's the uh, devil. He's the deceiver. He's the evil one. He's the accuser of the brethren. Author of confusion and the father of lies. He's all these things. And in uh, Isaiah chapter number 14, verses number 12, it says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the, our ground and which didst weaken the nations? And it goes on. In eternity, Lucifer, he rebelled and became the enemy of God. Which resulted in his name changing from Lucifer relating to light to Satan, which means adversary, that old dragon. Since that time, Satan, Satan tonight has been associated with not light, but darkness. The first temptation tonight we see in Luke chapter number 4, and then also Matthew chapter 4, is the temptation tonight of turning stones into bread. And in this first attack tonight of Satan upon Christ, the objective point is Jesus' loyalty to the will of God. And you know, to allow himself to be at, uh, at a human being's weakest point, when encountering temptation, Jesus fasted, notice this, for 40 days. I don't know about you, but 40 days is a long time to be fasting. That's a long time to go without a donut, amen? 40 days is a long time having nothing in your body, but he fasted and he prayed. 
40 days, we see the Son of God, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. We see Him fasting. He's led to the wilderness through with the Holy Spirit of God. And He's led in there. And He's going to challenge Satan there. You know, hunger causes tempers to flare. Nerves to be at their shortest. People have short fuses when they get hungry. You go to a restaurant and you get in line. If your food's late, you will see some tempers flare. Children are usually fussier. How many of you guys have taken your children to a restaurant and man, you have to wait on and wait on the food. I went to Cracker Barrel one time and uh, down south, 288. And man, we were so excited and we ordered our food. It was over two hours. The waitress came back, bless her heart. Oh, bless her. She forgot her food. I said, okay, ma'am, bless you. I said, give me a menu and we'll order this again. We ordered it. She forgot to bring her drinks. And within 25 minutes or so, she forgot the little biscuits that they put on the table. Oh. I said, ma'am, I said, if you can bring some biscuits out and some water, put some lemons in there, we're all good. Oh, oh, sorry. You're all so nice to me. I am so sorry. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. We waited. And we waited. And we waited some more. I was contemplating, should I get up as a Christian? Should I take my big shoe off and throw it at somebody? That wouldn't be what Christ would do. I didn't know what to do. We just stood there and we played that game over, you know, that little stick game over and over and over again. Finally, our food came out. And it was cold. I got up from the table. We barely could eat. And she apologized. And she apologized. And I said, okay, just give me the bill. That's fine. And we, we laid a track on the table and I was like, man, I can't, I gotta give her a tip now. I can't lay the track and not give her a tip. Man, uh, she already knows I'm a pastor. I've already invited her to church. I've already calmed her down. Oh, uh, honey, just uh, calm down. We get this thing. We'll eat in a little while, hopefully in a few minutes. You see, that was a great temptation for me. Cause I wanted to just, Stand up and be somebody great, if you know what I mean. There's going to be times in our human life that old Satan, he's going to raise his head and he's going to tempt you to do something that you shouldn't do. Hunger, it causes a lot of tempers to flare. But Jesus, he's being fasted for 40 days. His temper wasn't flared. He was controlled. He was in the Spirit. He was led by the Spirit. He was controlled. And man, he went through this. Yes, he's all God. But he experienced every little piece that we experience here in this life, but without sin. Matthew and Luke mentioned turning stones into bread. Kind of odd. 
Both of them count uh, turning stones into bread at the first temptation. Both of them, the first temptation is turning stones into bread. And wonder why. It may indicate that the most common temptation that people experience is the intense need to satisfy physical desire. Wouldn't you agree? Physical desire, we all want to uh, be able to do that, satisfy our flesh. And the devil, he cast doubt on Jesus here in uh, uh, chapter three, uh, chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. Uh, and he said, if thou be the Son of God, he knew who he was. But he said, if thou be the Son of God, turn these stones into bread. And bread tonight represents man's basic need for food. And bread is often called the staff of life. The devil tonight, if you get anything from this, get this. The devil in this passage, he reveals his estimation of human life. That the only reason for man's loyalty to God is that God meets every demand of his need as it arises. And that man's happiness consists in the satisfaction of his material nature. In a word, that he lives by bread alone. I ask you tonight, why do you serve God? Is it because he answers all your prayers? Is it because most of the time he does uh, turn the, your stones into bread? Is it because we're prosperous tonight? I look across this room and one thing about East River Baptist Church, what I've noticed is this is a prosperous church. Yes, you people work hard. But God, He gives you good health to be able to work. Gives you good jobs. And I understand we're in Houston. We're not in Kentucky. I understand there's jobs here. But I'm telling you, God has blessed everybody in this room, in this church, in so many ways. We've got cars, we've got houses, we've got food. We've got every desire materially that we want. Yeah, we don't live like Solomon. But I'm going to tell you something, we're very blessed. We're very blessed. We go by through the drive through which you need to be careful about the drive throughs Sometimes they let the hamburger fall on the floor and they give it back to you. Bless their heart. But we can go and get uh, food at an instance. Notice, we got, uh, we got, uh, uh, microwaves. We got inside toilets. Praise God for that. The first house me and my wife bought had a two-seater. You remember that, honey? And I'm thankful. I'm telling you, we pulled up and we opened. What was that? Is that the water well? No, that is a two-seater. What do you mean two-seater? Motorcycle in there or what? Is there a two-seater a bicycle? I've always wanted to ride one of those. No, it was, we opened the door, and there's the throne. And to, uh, uh, wallpaper all over the walls. Oh, it was a blessed time. It was a good life there. But we see that we're blessed. And tonight I want to end with this. You know, we are tempted to turn things into bread tonight. This is my one point. We're tempted to turn things into bread, you and I. Our temptation may not be food. Okay? It might be mine sometimes, but it might not be yours. 
It might be money. It might be clothes. I've never seen a day and age where so many people are tied up in clothes. There was a guy the other day, he was wearing a brand new shirt. One of those fancy shirts. I call them fancy, man. And it, it's got that material, you know, where you can sweat and stuff. And it's one of those, uh, like, cowboy shirts or whatever it was. And uh, they were probably $49. There's nothing wrong. If you bought one, hey, $49, so be it. I ain't going to pay $49 for a shirt like that. But I'm going to tell you something. We opened. It was, it was, it was challenging. I like that shirt. It's going to, man, it's going to feel good in this hot weather. But I opened the doors to Goodwill. And I walked in. I walk in like this. Oh, it's the palace. And everybody's so friendly there. And I walked in there and shirt after shirt after shirt was the same stuff. No holes in it. None of the red marks. And if there is, just do something with that. But they were a line of them. And I told Tracy, how much is this? And it was like $4.99. $4.99. But you know, a lot of people have trouble going to the Goodwill. But now going to the Goodwill doesn't mean you go in there all the time and buy everything. Because it's just a couple of dollars. This turning the stones into bread could be money, it could be clothes, it could be pleasure, it could be comfort, it could be health. It could be friends, it could be family, it could be husband, it could be wife, it could be children, it could be job, it could be car, it could be just about anything that you think of, you can make uh, uh, and try to make stones turn into bread. The devil, he attempts us to make these things primary in our life. Thus satisfying our desires, these legitimate uh, cravings outside the will of God. And by yielding, we make earthly things more important than God's will and fail to rely on God to meet our needs in His way and His time. Most people tonight yield to temptation to search for happiness. And the more they attempt to create their happiness, the more it eludes them, drives them away. But happiness is found by looking for, uh, uh, happiness tonight in note is not found by looking for it. But tonight we stumble across happiness as we perform our duties and responsibilities in life with God. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, I'm going to ask you to stand. And we're going to end it with this little song. And then I'm going to have uh, Brother Brent to pray and dismiss us in prayer. But in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it goes, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You all know that little chorus? Let's sing it tonight before we leave. Here we go.